Profile on Praise Junction. Listen. This is my story. Real people, real stories. Real God, real change. This is my story. This is Profile on the Praise Junction Show. Welcome to Profile on Praise Junction at Hope FM. Listen and leave. Remember, as we proceed, we start this program. As I said, I'm hosting Reverend Judy Mbugwa with us today. You can talk to us on the SMS line 20933. That is 20933. You can also get us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Our handle is at HopFM Live, at HopFM Live across all social media platforms, and it will be good to interact together with you. At this point, allow me to introduce to us Reverend Judy Bogwa. Good morning, Reverend Judy. Good morning. How are you? Thank you very much. Yes. I'm very, very well. Thank you. Karibu sana. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> as we were just talking off and saying, um, it's 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 we're in a different generation, uh-huh. you know, and we've been running a series about marriages, work, uh-huh. and and love, and just feeling nice and good. Mm-hmm. And I thank God that you accepted our invite today because you're going to to help us know a few things that yeah. we need to come back to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. taking us back to the basics. Mm-hmm. But let me start by asking you this. You know, I I, I read somewhere. Mm. That you got married at a really young age, mm-hmm. at eighteen. Mm-hmm. How was it those days? Um, first of all, let me say thank you very much for inviting me, and uh, it's a joy and a privilege to come and share, uh, with the hope that your life will touch somebody and that somebody will be blessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting married at 18 is not just that you read somewhere. It's something that I have publicly shared many, many uh, forums because I want people to be blessed. And I have also put it in my book, Judy, A Second Chance. Yes. Uh, this book is available in our offices on Cabernet Gardens where home care is situated. And home care is the ministry that I serve. And so I did share right from the word go that I got married at an early age of 18. But as I look at uh, girls of 18 today, and how I was then, uh, there's no comparison. Uh Probably my own understanding of issues and then and responsibility is so much different because girls of 18 these days are just children who don't even know how to make tea. At least you are a little bit more mature. By the time you are finishing class eight, many people are getting married. It was not a big, big issue to get married at 18. Many girls were getting married, but those who had aspirations of going further with education and why my issue and from my own perspective was bothersome is because many, many people used to say that they are not able to continue with school because they had no school fees. They had no parents to help them. By the grace of God, my dad was one of those early um, uh, Alliance students Alliance boys. Yes. And so my dad was educated. By the time uh, I was born, my dad was a school teacher. Uh, 
and therefore there was no issue of no school fees. Mm. It was not about school fees. <clears throat> it was about love. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, you are so much in love. Yes. You for couldn't me, wait. Yes, I couldn't wait. For me, it was just about love. <sighs> yes. And you met your Mr. Wright. And I met Mr. Wright. Uh-huh. And, and to uh, you. I, I was reading, I yes. have again shared this, I was reading uh, every generation think they are the most romantic. Yeah. Every age group, every generation. Because as we looked at our parents, we would look at them, they never talk. I mean, they were never kind of in a conversation, telling stories or yeah. laughing together. And you wonder, how did these two meet? <laughs> okay. I guess when our children look at us, yeah. some of them, or our grandchildren, they probably ask the same questions. Yeah. But you yourselves, in that generation, yeah. you are the most current. Yeah. And you think you know everything. And so I was reading like any young girl would read 15 years, 16 years. And you read books that were written by a writer called Denise Robbins. And Denise would say that you will meet Mr. Wright. And Mr. Wright will be six feet tall. And you fall in love and you get married and you live happily ever, ever afterwards. After. Yeah. And sincerely speaking, I took a break uh, as I was uh, waiting for father to continue with further education. I took a, a temporary teaching job. Yes. And I had opportunity to take the children to go and see the trains. And so uh, as we went to see the trains, I didn't know Mr. Mbugwa then, mm. but we, I'm just taking the students as a teacher, and I meet this man and I say, surely Denise Robbins must have seen this Mr. Mbugwa. <laughs> he was exactly six feet two. So, uh-huh. so we even tease each other and say, <laughs> even my children, our children, really tease us. Tease me and say he was. You even got an addition of two inches because <laughs> he was six two. Yeah, and he was the most handsome person I had ever seen. He was wearing white uniform, the railway uniform, ah. and I mean it was touched white and ironed properly, and he really, really looked. I don't know what to say. <laughs> he looked like uh, um, uh, uh, like a. Uh, half uh, cast between an African mm. and an Asian and a white person because he's right colored. My yes. husband is right colored. Yeah. And so when I looked at him, even now I started calling him Babuji, Babu, Babu, <laughs> Babuji. <laughs> and people thought it was his name, yeah. but for a long time I used to call him Babuji. Yeah. And so we, uh, I thought it was from my side that I really said this, this is what Denise has been talking about. About. Yeah, from the and for him also, busy. yes. Mm. And for him also, he said, "Hey, this girl, this girl doesn't look bad." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so ours was truly love at first sight because okay. that's how it all began. No introduction by anybody else. So as the children were. Uh, watching the trains and uh, Richard was explaining how trains move and everything. I'm just gazing at him. (laughs) And I didn't know that at the corner of his eye, he was also looking at me. Mm. And so the tour with the children added and so courteously he says, oh, where do you come from? Which school is this? And I explained and lo and behold a few days later, I get a visitor and that 
uh, as they say, the rest is history. history. Yes. So, was there something like dating, courting, or it was met, love at first sight? Let's settle down. Uh, love, uh, love at first sight, and uh, things just moved one after the other, one after the other, and we we moved on. And here you are. Mm-hmm. How many years in marriage, Reverend Judy? Uh, about 55, yes, 55. Okay. Mm-hmm. 55 years. Yes, yes. What has kept your marriage going for the 55 years? Uh, you know, when you invited me and uh, you even hinted that you want me to talk about marriages at last, yeah. the thing that has been going on in my mind is to publicly give God the glory mm. because any marriage can break. Yeah. 55, 60 or above, they can break. Yeah. Also, uh, a marriage can break not only because of uh, divorce, but because of death. Yeah. And therefore, a marriage has lasted or us because God is in it. And it's therefore, I want to say, to God be the glory. So whether a marriage is 10 years, 15 years, 20, 55, over 55 like ours, it's because of the grace of God. But having said that, uh, for anything to last, yeah. for anything to continue, there has to be a lot of hard work. Yeah. There has to be determination. There has to be um, passion. There has to be a vision. What is it? Why am I in this play, in this marriage? Mm. Why? Why would I want to stay as opposed to other people? Yes. I remember at some point I was working in one of the government ministries, and it was the the in thing for women not to be bothered. If your husband is bothering you, if your husband is making noise, if your husband is drinking too much, you can leave him. Or you can also go and drink. And so I remember sitting in the office one time and asking myself, why am I in this uh, marriage? And why would I not take any of the options that are being offered by the so-called educated women and women with money at that point? Mm. And I realized, I realized for me personally, it was my faith in Jesus Christ Amen. who said that he hates divorce. And for that reason, I said, unless I'm kicked away, mm. I'm kicked out of the marriage, yeah. or I'm beaten so that my life is in danger, I will stay. Yeah. I will not go out so that I, I may just go and look for pressure outside. And what I have also discovered, you may think that you are getting uh, out of a bad situation and you fall into a worse one because women some of the times and that they leave or as i look at those women that were saying let's quit let's leave these men they think they are everything now we also have the money blah 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 one of the things they forgot is that they have children and it's unfair to make your children fatherless when their father is there To take them to your own family or keep them 
to yourself and the father is there and since you agreed to be a wife then it's only fair for the sake of the children to stay and let them know their father and let them enjoy uh, the fellowship the leadership yeah. of a dad I did I did enjoy having a good father mm. a good a good family where I came from yes and most of the men also are coming from good families so when we get to the point where we are saying incompatible we cannot stay together any longer I think one of the things that we don't think about is the children yeah. the damage to our children and this damage is not coverable just by giving them material things. Mm. You could take your children and give them material things, but that doesn't cover everything. Mm. There is the emotional damage. There is the fatherlessness damage. Yeah. Your children will lack that. And I think those were some of the things that uh, helped me stay yeah. and helped me stay focused. Yes. But over and above everything else, I tried to please the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm. Honoring God. Mm. Now let me take you back. You know, we started from an interesting part of yes. getting married at 18. Mm -hmm. So growing up, at what point did you give your life to Christ? All right. Growing up, I've already mentioned that my, my dad had been educated and education in those days also covered exposure to Jesus Christ. Yes. So my parents, mom and dad, got saved through the Tukutendereza. And so I was brought up as a kid of Tukutendereza, and so I knew the uh, the basics of um, salvation. Yes. My grandmother also <coughs> was very, 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 can I say born again? Is there levels of born again? Is there levels of born again? My grandmother was born again, yeah. but deeply, deeply exercised her faith. Yeah. She really loved God. Uh, when my grandmother got uh, born again, my grandfather was very upset about it. Why? And said, you woman, I don't want this business of salvation. And if you get saved, you must continue with some of the responsibilities, like making me beer, doing this and that and the other. You know, those days beer was made at home. You bring water and whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So my grandma said, I will obey you. I will honor you. But there are some things I'm not going to do, things that I consider sinful for my own life now that have come to know the Lord. Yeah. And my grandfather said, to punish you, I am going, I'm serious. You either drop that salvation, I'll punish you harshly. And she said, I'm not going to leave Jesus. Whatever you choose to do, I will not leave Jesus. And those were the days that they seriously sang, I have decided to follow, to follow Jesus. Jesus. I have decided. And so my grandma would sing that with tears. And seriously speaking, my grandfather married three other women. And those women were even younger than my own mother, just to punish my grandmother. Yeah. Therefore, uh, as I grew up, <coughs> my grandmother was always crying and saying, Lord Jesus, I am never going to be happy in this marriage any longer, but would you save my children? Mm. I always had that 
cry from my grandmother. Yeah. I remember her as a crying grandmother, lovely woman who loved God, but that was always her prayer. And so I, for some reason, I got attracted to my grandma. And as she would go to the Tukutendreza uh, fellowships, I would follow her. Yeah. I don't remember going to the fellowship with mom and dad, but I do remember going with Shosho mm. to the fellowship. Yes. And I would listen to how they were sharing the testimonies. And they would say, I had a sin, I did this or I did the other, and now I'm coming to confess, and the blood of Jesus will wash me. But this, at least uh, talked about a certain sin. Yeah. And I looked in my life at, at my life and I couldn't figure out anything. Yeah. So now I decided I'll be stealing sugar. <laughs> I'll take sugar. Yeah. You know how children are told, don't eat sugar. Yes. Don't put sugar on your hand and mm -hmm. eat it. Mm -hmm. So I'll be taking it, and then I have something to confess. And then when it was time to confession, I would just come and say, my name is, you know how little children, <laughs> my name is Judy. Yeah. That time I was not Judy Bugua, I was Judy Wainaina, yes. and I, 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 I saw sugar, and I want to come and confess and to be washed by the blood. So I knew that language. Yes. But then come teenage, and now this the time of meeting Mr. Bugwa, and that was forgotten for some time. Oh. But soon after, we got married. Now, the gap that uh, Denise Robbins' story does not tell mm -hmm. is that when you get married, you get children. Yeah. And so children came. Immediately. Immediately. Oh. And God was gracious. And he gave us five children, and it was like one after the other, oh. one after the other. Yeah. I mean, all of them. Yeah. And so, now here I am a young teenager myself, and I have children. And so, life began to be very difficult. I knew that I had, uh, I was capable of going someplace, yeah. especially with education. I was doing very well in school. And now, I have cut short that line so that I get married. But after two years, I decided no. I want to go back to school. And so my husband was still working with the railways in a different place, and we agreed together that because his home is in Kabete here, I come home and stay with his parents. Of course, we had our own little house. And so I stay with the parents so that we can have a, I can be able to come to town and do some training. We agreed on secretarial. Yeah. But now... In a new environment, a new uh, family, because we had never stayed together. We knew each other, but not stayed together. And then children, and my husband away, and I'm still young. It was very, very difficult for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And I would find myself very, very unhappy most of the time. Yeah. And the person I would think about is my grandmother. Oh. And I started thinking about the God of my grandmother. And I started wishing that I would personally know the God of my grandmother, the way my grandmother knew God. Mm -hmm. Because as she went through trouble, she leaned very closely to her God. And so I, I really, really started to pray. Yeah. And as God would have it, a crusade came to Kabete, Oderu, in 1967 August. Mm. 
and it was a five-day crusade. And the speaker was speaking from Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. Arise, O sleeper, and Christ will shine on you. And the preacher explained that verse in a way I've never heard before. He said this sleep is the sleep of death. Mm. And only Christ, through salvation, through accepting him, can help you to arise and give you new life. And so he explained, if you accept Christ, he will give you new life. That was the first day. The second day, he'll say he'll give you new dreams. Mm. Your dreams Mm. and aspirations may have died, but accept Christ and he will give you new hope. And I said, oh, this man knows everything about me. The only thing he doesn't know is that if I get saved, I don't think my husband will tolerate salvation. This is not the end thing. This is 50 years ago. 50 years ago, salvation was for old people, poor people, because salvation meant long dresses, cutting hair, no necklace, no lipstick, no earring. So, how will my husband accept me? Yeah. Oh, when I joined this to Tedderessa people, but on the other hand, how will I not accept Jesus and is the one who I know gives people hope? Yeah. So I was in a dilemma. So I went home crying and saying, Oh God, I wish I can accept you. But I know if I accept you, I am not sure that my husband will allow me to be saved. Yeah. So the third day I came to the meeting, again crying. Then he started. He said, do you know, there are some moving coffins, people in coffins who are dead because they had a lot of hope and expectations mm. and they, ha- they have not accepted the Lord. It is to them that the Lord is saying, arise, O sleeper, move from that coffin of death and allow God to give you hope. This day I said, husband or no husband? I am in. I am in. Yes. And I walked forward. I got beautifully saved. Heaven opened eyes. I felt everything, every burden that I had ever carried was completely gone. And I started to worship the Lord and praise the Lord. And I was so happy. Until I got back home and said, oh, God, now I don't know what will happen. But whatever happens, yes. I've made the right decision. I'm not going back. I am not going back. Okay. So I joined my show show with a song I have decided. Now Jesus. it was for me. I have decided. My personal decision, I decided. And so... The next morning, those were the days. Again, you guys of technology, yes. it's just a matter of taking a mobile phone and calling your husband. Those were the days of writing a letter, P.O. box, yes. and <laughs> then you put a, a rubber stamp, uh-huh. then you take it to the post office, and it will take like a week, even within Kenya. Oh. And if it is in the interior, interior, even two weeks. Yeah. So it took about one and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting in two weeks to get a reply from my husband. And so I wrote to him. I said, my dear husband, you know, I love you very much and I honor you. Mm-hmm. But last night I got saved and I would like you to forgive me. 
You apologize. I apologize. Why? Because I knew it was not the in thing, and I knew that some of the things, some of the considerations that men and young people of those days and young husbands of those days would feel embarrassed by some of the, uh, like I said, the way women dressed, uh, not uh, nicely making up your face, no earring, nothing. So, and there was this conception that salvation was for old and poor. Yeah. In fact, just to make you understand how serious it was, yes. one woman got saved and her husband called other men and uh, I think a few relatives and said, in front of all these people, I want you to tell them, what is it that I have not given you that you would go get saved? It was what were you looking for? Yeah. In some areas, I don't want to talk about everybody, yeah. but in some areas it was that. But <sighs> it was kind of embarrassing, embarrassing. To get saved. Yes, embarrassing. What are you getting saved from? Mm. What have you done? Yeah. Why, why don't you have life, enjoy life, and then later you can get saved when you are a little bit old? Mm. How, how will you... How will your husband be going dancing? Mm. Who will you be dancing with? Twist again. <laughs> Those were the days of twist again. Yeah. Who will he be twisting with? So, and if he's taking a bottle, who will be taking him out? So <sighs> all these things, when you get saved, you are destroying uh, an, another person's joy mm. by your decision to get saved. saved. Uh, but anyway, as I wrote to him, I waited for uh, two weeks, and by two weeks the reply had not come, and I started wondering, eh, he probably has decided <laughs> this was too much. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I continued waiting and praying and hoping for the best. And uh, within three weeks, I got a letter, <laughs> opened in fear and trembling, yes. and uh, he said, um, thank you for your letter. I want to say uh, it's okay for you to get saved, but I do not want you to tell anybody. Don't tell anyone. Don't hear. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thank God, you can see now I'm telling it on radio. Yes, you are to the whole world. To the whole world. So God is faithful. Amen. That was the end of that story. Mm. And my husband is one of the best uh, husbands that God could ever give to anybody, mm. very understanding, yes. and that was never an issue after that. It mm. was never an issue. You know, I was just trying to calculate uh, mm. from 1967 when that crusade happened to date. Those are 50 uh, around? No, 60, uh, 1967. 67. August. Mm-hmm. Yes, so now I've been saved 53 years. 53 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never thought of going back. Yeah. God is gracious. Amen. God is gracious. Wow. 
Amen. Indeed, God is gracious. I'm hosting Reverend Judy Mbugwa, our guest on profile today. And remember, you can talk to us on the SMS line 20933. That is 20933. You can also get us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Our handle is at HopFM Live. In the next hour, I'll be sampling what you're saying on those platforms right here at HopFM. Allow us to pause here for a quick break and prepare to usher in the news at noon and when we come back we'll get back to more but before that you are listening to us today and you've never made that decision of following christ and the lord is prompting you today is the day today is the day of salvation please write to us on 20933 it will be reverend judy's joy together with me to lead you to christ because life without christ for sure you are a walking dead person. You need Christ because Christ will give you life and life in abundance. It will be our joy to pray and lead you to Christ even as you continue with this profile. Text us on 20933 and we'll do that in the next hour. This is Profile. Real people, real stories, real God, real change.